Today is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. Happy Reformation Day. Who thought I was going to say that? Yes, happy Reformation Day. So uh, anyway, we uh, we talk about the Reformation a little bit. Um, we we ha- hear a poem created by AI about the Reformation in the spirit of Hallow's Eve as told by a Christmas story. So those are the keywords. Anyway, did a pretty good job. So then we get into the obvious, like, you know, Halloween, All Saints, All Souls Day. We talk about just the trifecta of celebrations and remembrances and holidays going on around now. Um, Anyways, so all the stuff involved with those things. And then we talk about new Christian discipleship. Uh, We get some amazing history lessons from Chris. Um, Yeah, the guy has a wealth of knowledge. He just gets a little uh, Peter on people sometimes. Uh, Anyway... Then we go back to the uh, Israel-Gaza conflict, talk about that, talk to some people who have lived there, who have relatives there, um, who are a little bit more in tune with what's going on the ground than what, like, cable news tells us. Um, Anyway, so we get into that and have a spirited discussion. Um, Some people a little too spirited. Anyway, have an awesome whatever day you choose to celebrate. Remember, if you feel in your heart that uh, you should not participate in Halloween, then you shouldn't, because that would be violating your own convictions as led by the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian. Therefore, for you, that would be sin. If you hold no such conviction and you think, hey, put on a little funny costume and go get some candy for your kids, that's fine. Then for you, it is not sin. Romans 14, uh, I think it's like 26 or 28. The last the last few verses in Romans 14. Anything done uh, from faith, biblically adherent, is fine. Anything not done from faith is sin because you're violating your own conscience. Don't violate your own conscience. For myself, I'll be out and about riding around my neighbors and my golf cart saying hi, letting my kids get some candy. And the worst thing about this holiday is, uh, you know, probably the cavities is going to happen. So got to make sure everyone brushes their teeth really good tonight. Have an awesome day. Share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, coffee cup, support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people across the internet. Take care. Have an awesome Halloween or Reformation Day or All Souls slash Saints Day. Bye. All right. We have got quite the uh, quite the things today. I have stuff to say. All right. Gather around, children, one and all. This will be the tale of Happy Reformation Day. As, as written by ChatGPT. <clears throat> Twas the night of Reformation, midst Halloween's eerie grace. Monks were abed, donned, no scary masks to embrace. The parchment was hung near the old chapel's door in hopes that Martin Luther soon would implore. The people were nestled, some trembling with fright, while visions of devils danced in the night. And Martin, with his hammer and strong nails in hand, prepared to stand firm for the truths in the land. When out the door there arose such a scare, he sprang from his bed, no man was aware. Away to the door he dashed with a start, to confront the dark forces that haunted his heart. The moon cast a glow on the ominous sight, the parchment and hammer both shining bright. When there in the door these theses were pinned, with words of salvation to cleanse us from sin. With arguments piercing, his points did they blaze. He whistled and shouted, let God's truth amaze. Now scripture, now faith justice divine on grace and repentance let your light brightly shine to the hearts of god's children your truths now befall nail away nail away thesis stand strong for all as leaves in the autumn when the tempest did fly his truth spread like wildfire reaching the sky 
He sprang to his pulpit, his message so sweet, with gospel's great news, every sinner to meet. But then I heard him exclaim as he spoke with delight, Happy Reformation to all on this Halloween night. Ahem. <clears throat> the end. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. I know, man. I, I, I mean, you know, AI is going to kill us all. But until it does, you know, it's kind of, kind of whimsical and fun. So I'm like, hey, write a Reformation Day poem. And I'm like, do it in kind of like a Christmas theme, like a Christmas fireplace story theme. And then it was too Christmassy. I'm like, oh, I forgot Halloween. I'm like, okay, Christmas theme, like Christmas uh, storytelling, but get more Halloween themes in there. So, uh, I mean, the first one it did was, was, I think, better, but it was also way longer. So I'm like, no. But um, anyways, so, man, Christians are on tear, man, on like the spiritual warfare uh, pages on Facebook, which I do not follow, but I follow ones oh, like... Sounds like progressive Christianity, and oh, you might be a heretic if <laughs> so. All of these places are sharing all of these other posts, and oh lord, man, it's like I mean, it's like straight up like seance stuff. Like, this, like, like people who say they're like spiritual Christian, like spiritual warfare, like the things they do are more closely related to like occult practices than anything Christian, and while they're trying to champion that they're the opposite. Like, they're like, this is the time when the harvest of demons and the veil between spirit world and not is the thinnest. I'm like, wow, why don't you just dance around a tree, you pagan? Um, anyway, there's no such reason to think that the spirit world has a barrier that thickens and thins with the autumn trees or something like that. Unless I'm wrong, I don't know, Chris, you paint yourself white and ready to dance? Oh, 100%. <clears throat> yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's just uh, nothing worse than morons thinking Halloween is fun. <sighs> what are we going to do with people, Nate? What are we going to do? Pray for the end? I don't know. Like, I'm like, well, what about, <clears throat> what about Reformation Day? Like, how about if I celebrate that and totally don't call it Halloween? Is yeah, that cool? yeah, do that. Wow, you've got yeah, I mean, lots of that's what we. Sorry, that's. Are you not in your Bluetooth? I am, but my oh, ears on this. So I'm trying to. I'm at church right now. Sorry. Is that Chris Tom when I hear? Um, I don't know. Is it? Is that that, holy, there is no one like you, there is no one, whatever you, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, maybe. I don't know. He was on one of those videos, and I couldn't find it. It was like a missed chapter of, like, the 50, like, most evil Christians or whatever. Yeah, you gotta oh. mute. I can't mute you. It doesn't give me a mute button. Uh, but he, it said Chris Tomlin was, like, one of the most evil, like, heretical Christians. So I, I kept trying to, like, flip to the chapter that said Chris Tomlin to see what great evils he had done. And it kept skipping it. So, like, I don't, I mean, clearly this person thinks he's bad, but I could not figure out why. I'm like, Chris Tomlin? Like, I don't like his singing. Like, he's kind of whiny and nasally. But, I mean, I guess I, I don't really know anything about what he actually believes. So, uh, anyways. But, oh, my gosh, man, some of those clips, I mean, you could tell they were edited because they were trying to, like, just put a bunch of heresies into, like, a 10-second clip. But, good Lord, even with context, 
man, some of the stuff they said, it is a tough pill to swallow. Like one of one of Joyce Myers. Oh boy. Like I think that pretty much was the context. Like it, it had it had the whole thing. And it's like so Jesus, whenever his blood was shed on the cross, he was the first person to be born again. I'm like, what? No, no. I'm like, dang. That's bad. Well, maybe Pastor Sam can come in and give you something just as just as bad. <laughs> hey, Keegan, what's up? Hey, I was just uh, I was just wondering, are we are we allowed to celebrate Halloween or is that a satanic holiday as well? If you celebrate it by drinking the blood of the innocent, no, that's bad. Don't do that. If you quote celebrate it by having your kids dress up as like cartoon characters and run to the neighbors and get candy, I think you're fine. But if your heart convicts you, don't do it. Follow your conscience as led by the Holy Spirit uh, and the Bible. So in this case, the Bible you know doesn't really say; it just talks about sorcery and witchcraft. So if you totally think getting candy in a mask is witchcraft, then I would say don't do it. If you're like, no, witchcraft and sorcery is witchcraft and sorcery. Asking a neighbor for candy is asking a neighbor for candy. The two are not the same. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a problem I have when people say, do you celebrate Halloween? Knowing what they mean, right? It's like, do you, do you participate in the holiday? But that holiday you're participating in is the furthest thing from actual sorcerer witchcraft. I mean, you know, in, in every area I've ever experienced. Um, so it's like, well, celebrate's not the right word. It's like, yes, I participate in the commercial comic holiday of, you know, letting my kids, like, one's a butterfly and one's a cop. Um, so, you know, they're going to butterfly and flap around the parking lot at our clubhouse and, you know, get candy from all the happy old people, you know, trying to give my kids cavities. Um, so that's participating. But do you say, do you celebrate Halloween? That, that, I mean, the accurate version of that is, do you celebrate All Hallows' Eve? Do you, like, you know, do sorcery? Do you engage with occult practices to garner power and, like, usher new witches into the, the coven of the cycle? Um, no, no, I do not celebrate Halloween. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's what I think. So, uh, you know, it is my conviction that about 5.30, me and my family will climb on my golf cart and cruise around with their baskets and they're going to get lots of candy. And I'm going to, I mean, the worst thing about that is, yeah, they're going to get candy. And then the second worst thing is I'm going to stay up all night eating it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not without its consequences, but it is also not sorcery or witchcraft. And if you think it is, then don't do it. But I, I do not. Yeah, I've been trying to convince my wife that Valentine's Day is a form of sorcery and witchcraft, but that's oh, that's bad. a good one. No, that's a good one. <laughs> that hasn't worked though. You you could try to convince me of that I think. Can we do that, Chris? Can you find biblical justification that uh, Valentine's Day is of the devil and should not be celebrated? I could get on board with that. Maybe Victoria can help us out. I mean, because isn't it about yeah. like it was, wasn't, wasn't the, um, wasn't the little Cupid guy or whatever, like, wasn't he originally evil? Like he would shoot air, like uh, arrows to like garter life force or something like that. And like live longer, like, and then somehow mm -hmm. it got turned into like a romantic holiday. I don't know, man. You should ask chat GBT. <laughs> uh, hey Vic, what's up? Good morning. Happy. Hello. I, I don't know which you consider worse, Halloween or Reformation Day, but, you know, 
happy, happy whatever holiday you do or do not celebrate or participate in. So um, the the church does this thing called or has always done this thing where we have All Saints Day and All Souls Day. So we remember those who died and went before us who were saints and not saints. So it was called All Hallows Day. And then it kind of changed um, when one person made this joke about Halloween when they were like thinking about all the dead people. And so like from there sort of like spurred out this concept of Halloween. But yeah, there's the our church, um, like for example, tomorrow we do this thing called um all hallow or remembrance of all the souls that passed away. Sort of like remember them and pray for them. So if All Saints Day is October first, right? Is All Souls Day like an official no. An official day, or, or okay, okay. Um, is all is All Souls Day? Does it get its own official day, or it's just just kind of unofficial? Or is All Souls Day um, interchangeable with All Saints Day? Uh, I think it's two days difference. I think one is October thirty first or thirtieth, and the other one's November first. Um, okay, so but, they kind yeah. of combine it into one holiday. Yeah, we we. We kind of have a, a church remembrance day, like on the first of November for both. Yeah, basically that's all we do, and so we kind of like write down uh, uh, people who passed away in remembrance. Well, Dude. have a happy one of those, Josh Boos. Josh Boos is a uh, he's a uh, theologian, and ask me if I know him. Do you know who Josh Boos is? Of course not. <laughs> anyway, he's a really good theologian. And so <laughs> he and his wife are in Rome today. And so in honor of Reformation Day, they're at St. Peter's Basilica today, and they're wearing giant Luther t-shirts. They're going to get murdered, you know, with kindness. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. So Victoria, I have a question. I've never actually heard about this holiday, the All Souls Day, on November first. Is this like, uh, like, like how do you like? I mean, I, I understand how adults would celebrate it, but how do you like? How do you like get kids excited to celebrate? You know, like I guess like, you know, death. Well, it's not more like excitement. So one thing that the church teaches about death is that like it's a transition from like this part of the world to like to um to God. So like you see like God on the other side, which is also good news. So like so from our church, like or from this world, we think of this world as like there's a church militant and the church suffering, and then you move to like the church triumphant which is like towards where god is and so like when children know that those who died is now with the lord we just sort of like you know i i don't have any kids but you know if if i did i would probably like remind them of like my grandparents or my great grandparents who died they 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 know or they don't know is is with the lord 
I just always tell my kids, I'm like, yeah. hey, kids, we're all going to be dead in 100 years. So, so what's going to count <laughs> past that? Is that too young? Surely not. Well, uh, preparing them for that is probably like another day, I guess. But like, yeah, it's like basically for remembrance of those who, who went forth ahead. Um, so like basically for kids to probably remember them, like kind of. Uh, Bobby, were you speaking today or were you just saying hi earlier? I never remember if you're working or not. Probably working. Uh, no, I'm not at work today. I'm just, uh, ain't got much to add at the moment. Yeah, but Reformation Day. <clears throat> Great stuff, man. Um, Sproul has a really good sermon on, um, like Luther and the Reformation. It's so fantastic. And he talks about like Luther uh, becoming a priest and uh, and then uh, the story of Luther's first um, Eucharist. And it's just, it's, it's really well done. And it is really, like he's such a good speaker. So I highly, I gave you a sermon yesterday. Oh, we got to talk about that Bodhi Bauckham sermon. But um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh I'll send you I'll send you that one and it is just it is amazing. Well cool. Hello uh Kitty, I think. What's up? It's Chrissy. Oh. Hello. Oh, what's up guys? Wait, no, yeah, see it was Kitty. Because I see Chrissy is down there. Oh, is I oh, anyway, yeah. okay. voice who just spoke. <laughs> what's up, oh, voice who just spoke? What's up guys? How's it going? That's an angry punk. Wait, Chris, uh, who? Chris Claus? What happened? I said, did you say this is Chris? No, it's Rich. What's up, guys? Oh, anyways, what's up? What's going on? What's on your mind? Oh, no, much. I was just coming up to say hi. Oh, well, hello. Anything to talk about? It seems we're in a lull. Surprise, surprise. Nah, I was just saying hi to everybody. All right, who's next? <laughs> well, tell me, tell me more about the the Vody Bakum sermon that you listened to. Oh, Serendipity says Nate, why aren't you lighting me up? Because uh, I did not see you raise your hand. Are, are you able to get up? <laughs> Yeah, I was taking it personal. Oh, man, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't hear the little <laughs> ping. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the I thought the voting Bauckham thing was good. I, I mean, you know, it's kind of disappointing. It's from 10 years ago. I'm like, man, I bet he's done, like, you know, greater things since this one. It was, like, 10 years old. But, yeah, it was good. Um, I, I particularly, let's see, the, the big part about, uh, yeah, I think the biggest point was about how people will um, – try to medicate and dumb down, uh, you know, the stuff. He's like, no, <laughs> there's some things you're supposed to feel bad over. Like, stop trying to, like, you know, numb your sin with medication and, like, therapy. It's like, <clears throat> recognize you did sin, and it is bad, and you should feel a certain way over it. I thought, you know, that's a really good point. 
like, yeah, I mean, not, not everything is supposed to be wonderful. Like doing, doing bad things and like gross sins, you should feel bad about. I mean, not forever, but I mean, you know, until you repent and address it. It's my biggest takeaway, Chris. Do I pass the Vody Bauckham test? <laughs> yeah, man. He's got, well, he's got lots of other stuff, but he's been dragged into the social justice fight over the last few years. And so a lot of his current stuff is, you know, fighting the neo-Marxist uh, social justice movement. So, What are you doing at your church right now? So the band is playing. So I'm just here. I'm trying to write an RFP this morning, so... I've got Are you a lot there of to like meditate and contemplate? No, I'm here to write, and it's, oh. it must be loud in my headphones because I can barely hear it. Yes, we hear them. I mean, it's not not awful. I was just wondering. I didn't know if you're like, like it seems like you're at church a lot, <clears throat> and you know if it's like time for church, that that's when I go to church. So I'm like, I don't know if you're like running IT, like Cat5 cables and wires and computer stuff, or if you're, <clears throat> you know, there like flashlighting yourself to prepare for All Hallows' Eve or, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've got a To soak up some extra, extra, and... extra la like layers of anointing oil or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. The anointing. Yeah. Charismatic anointing is here. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I've got, so they're doing a major building project. So there's a, there's a place next door. Um, that is uh, the church that was given to us. So they closed up church. Their pastor came over to our church, and their most of their people ended up coming over to church over here. And so we're doing a we're doing a massive building project over there. We're opening a twenty six room counseling center and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Hmm. You know, there's recently a lot of a lot of like new kind of like it's it's really weird. Like uh, in my area, it's like uh, you know, as people retire, they come down here. Um, that's not the weird part, but they come down here, and if they're not like ultra conservative, or if they're even kind of conservative, or a lot of times even if they're like pretty liberal, um, the first thing that happens I've noticed is in the course of about six to nine months, they come down here, I meet them. And then over time, like every time I run into them, their opinions have changed a little bit more and a little bit more until like they become like uber conservative. And then the next thing that happens is they become Christians um, if they're not or if they were or said they were like they they reaffirm their faith and get a lot more serious about it. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that's good. But on the other hand, uh, they have a tendency to kind of go too far or get like not what you would call, Chris, uh, you know, good discipleship or be under a good shepherd. Um, so their views, even though their, their heart may be in the right place and they're, they're trying, um, they end up with some pretty wonky views. And they're also kind of like, you know, baby Christians. So it's like they, they still have a lot of kind of not what you'd call great Christian behaviors about them. So we're like, oh yeah, I just started going to this church, and yeah, it's a great church. And I'm, and I saw my neighbor. He's like, I don't really go to church. He's like, oh, if you don't think you need church, then you know, f that. I don't give a f. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so I don't know. Other than, what are your thoughts, Chris? I mean, I, I mean, I guess it's probably all the same thoughts. Like, baby Christians need discipleship. But on the other hand, when we're hanging out in the hot tub. I mean, you know, that's not the place. I'm gonna be like, 
hey, you know, actually, the Bible says, you know, let no unwholesome communication come forth from your mouth. Like, you know, I'm not going to have like a impromptu Bible study around the, the gathering of the hot tub. But um, I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should don a Luther costume and uh, yeah, and do and do Good. that. So I can, like preach on a megaphone. Yeah, get yourself a John Owen mask. You know, and, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but uh, or floats in your hot tub. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you need church. Like, do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together. This is a command. It's not optional. Church is not optional. Uh, well, for the record, these are the ones that go to church, but then when they're talking to other people, like that say like church isn't their thing, right? Like they're not trying to go to church. They're, they're like non, non-Christians. It, it's just like how the, the new Christian like reacts or to anything, or they'll be talking in the back. You know, that guy was parking in my driveway and I'm like, you need to get the F out of there. I'm going to call you and get your F and removed. I'm like, Oh, here, here's a Bible buddy. Yeah, it's you know probably, not the, probably not the right response. You know, like, imagine, like, uh, someone that was just, like, saved out of, like, gang activity or, like, gang warfare. And, you know, someone looks at those cross-eyed, right? So, you know, they may be professing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they're going to, like, maybe curb stomp the guy. And then be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that? No, you know, eye for an eye, right? Right? It's like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I mean, sanctification is a slow process. If you're still curb stomping people, you <laughs> should probably stop doing that. Or, you know, if you're just the white way, you're getting stomped. Yeah, or if you're, you know, cherry, then, you know, you get your nine millimeter out in your baseball bat. Wow, you never fail. You never fail. Just, just throwing it out there. Hey, speaking of, you're like a prime candidate for spiritual growth. Oh, aren't we all, though? Aren't we all? Every one of us. Hey, Tasha, what's up? I love that you're talking about this topic this morning. I think it's... I was in a group of women last night and discussing a bunch of this stuff, and I don't know. I think think some of this... um, behavior let's go that route some of this behavior goes from this this lie that has been sold of oh yeah you you absolutely are saved just come to the church and and whatever there's no works that has to be done there's no right and i think it's it's doing a lot of christians harm because they think they can stay right where they're at and not have to conform to what scripture says and not have to be you know jesus says come and sin no more and so I think we we don't we don't talk about the sinning no more part in the churches um, or in a lot of the churches. And so I think you know it's it's becoming a big issue, a big issue. The people in the church look just like the people in the world, and that's not what's supposed to happen. Agree. And then if you point it out, you're going to be like, "Why are you judging me, bro? You're too judgy." And then, if you're like, no, 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 I'm just trying to help. Like, here's what my problems are. And then they're like, holy crap, how are you even saved? Well, but the reality is we even have that example in Scripture, right? There, there needs to be a relationship whenever we come to those people and try to correct them. 
look, all the letters, look at all the letters that are written um, in the New Testament. There was rapport there. There was relationship there. Um, they had respect for the person that was writing the letter. They knew who he was. And, you know, just if you, if somebody, look, I've, I've seen it a hundred times. Somebody will come online, confess their sins, right? Or even not even confess, just brag about them. And everybody's like, oh, well, you can't be walking like that. You got to blah, 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 whatever. And then they're like, oh, you can't judge me. You don't know me. Like, who are you to tell me anything? Well, it's because there's no rapport there. There's no relationship there. That's why we're supposed to be in fellowship. That's why we go to the church once we're saved. That's why, right? Like, there's there's a specific reason we do. Like, we have the, the examples in the Bible of, of the way things are done because they work that way. Yes. Hey, Chrissy, what's up? Oh, wow. We can't hear anything. You're chopping out super bad. I don't know how you can fix that, but if you can, I'd love to hear you. Oh, no. Yeah. It's, it, that's how it sounds. If you can fix that, just uh, let us know. Mr. Todd, what's up? Wonderful. Oh, serendipity. I forgot about you. Sorry. <laughs> this is not personal. <laughs> Nate, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> I've been good. How are you? Uh, good, except I guess forgetting people. Right? It's just no love. You matter. You matter. <laughs> so will you be celebrating uh, All Saints slash Souls Day, All Reformation Day, or All Hallows Eve? Um, None of the above. I actually just would have celebrated my 30th wedding anniversary this past weekend so oh yeah i'm still kind of there <laughs> you said would have yeah it would have been our 30th wedding anniversary oh. i i guess i don't know what happened but i can surmise i i guess she's a she's a widow she's a widow yeah i i had no idea well i hope your day is as well as it can be thank you thank you it will be uh, Chrissy, are question. you? Did you get your? Uh, someone's a question. Rich, what's up, Rich? What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, for a guy that's in the audience, which I don't know if he'll come up or not, uh, the guy Baghdadi. If somebody wants to, if you want to send an invite, but uh, no, could you show us in Scripture why it's impossible to have salvation without Christ's death and resurrection? Uh, the gentleman down there is a Muslim. Uh, I don't know if you could like show that for us. Sure, I would love Chris to show it since he's trying to get work done. Um, so uh, the question was, what? How can we? <laughs> how, how can, can we, we be saved without uh, Christ's death and resurrection, as the Muslims would believe? Um, yeah, I don't even know. Can you tackle that, Chris? Uh, because the answer is you can't. So I don't know if you can like. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the answer. Right. The thing that I was trying to think most, of a eloquent way to word it. Go ahead. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to do things by questions. So if he can't really come up and talk, then <laughs> I can't really do questions. So I guess a quick statement I would make is that one of the things that Muslims struggle to understand is that Christ's sacrifice on the cross is necessary because 
God doesn't just forgive sin without a payment for that sin. And so all sin in the Christian worldview must be paid for. And the way, the mechanism by which God pays for sin without holding individual sinners responsible for their own sin, which would mean eternal punishment in hell, the way that he does that is he, give, he came as Jesus Christ to the earth, um, the divine incarnation. So he was both fully God and fully man. Uh, and he lived a perfect life that, um, and then he was killed. He was, you know, crucified, uh, died and rose again on the third day. Now, the reason this is important is because without the resurrection of Jesus, there's no, um, victory over death and sin. Um, and without the crucifixion of Jesus, there's no payment for that sin. And so 1 Peter 2.24 says that he bore our sins in his body. And what that means is that every sin for every believer was paid for on the cross by Jesus. And when he declared it is finished, that meant that every sin was paid for. And the only way that he could do that is if his sacrifice was infinite, i.e. the fact that he is God. And so if Jesus is not God, if Jesus did not die on the cross, then Christianity folds up and goes home. And so that is what Christians have been teaching since the Apostle Paul in 60 AD. He wrote the, or 54 AD rather, he wrote 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about if Jesus isn't God and if Jesus didn't die on the cross, then our faith is in vain. Um, and so that is the thing that Muslims struggle to understand because in the Muslim worldview, Allah simply forgets about sin and forgives it without payment for that sin. Um, so that's, that's the, that is the difference between the Christian worldview and the Muslim worldview, is that in the Christian worldview, God is perfectly just, and he requires payment for all sin. And he is here. I don't know if... Uh, oh, of that. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> or perhaps not. No, I, I understand what y'all believe, and that's that's y'all believe. I'm just I'm just really here, just you know, listening. But oh, okay, not a direct question. So y'all keep talking about whatever y'all was talking. About. Um, you know. Oh, Christy, I was about to ask if your mic was fixed. Um. Well, I put my headphones in. Any better? Yeah, way better. Hundred percent better. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, cool. What well, was it? You who took I... over the Jewish room the other day and was like <laughs> talking about Jesus in the Jewish room. I think it was, yeah, well, if it was the same one that Chris was in, God, that got Something wild. Chris? I think so. Uh, I, I even warned yeah, him. I was like, after was you there. left, I left. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is going to get toxic real quick because it's people that are coming from uh, different parts of Clubhouse. And um, now it's like, oh, cool. We're going to talk about uh, theology and, and religions and stuff. And so pretty much everything that you said in the beginning, which I guess I know I could be, but we're all kind of called for, uh, of, of being more than, uh, like, I think that they, they, they really, uh, like, walk and talk, you know? And I don't care to say it because it's the truth. I mean, I know that I sin all the time, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, this is the way all Christians believe this. And you do it this way, and if not, then you're not really a christian and i know this because and then they turn around and 
do the opposite. So it's just like, oh God, it's embarrassing half the time. And then the other half the time, you're on stage with people that don't have any care in the world <laughs> to talk about Jesus. They don't have any care in the world to talk about uh, um, even even the the belief structure of the different religions. The only thing they're there for is to save pay, you know, face. They want to, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I think the clubhouse word is booty clap for like um, followers and talk time and uh, yeah, um, go back to the political rooms and talk about either Donald Trump or Joe Biden and that's it. So this is really like mundane, boring, ugh, that Jesus guy. And for me, it's like, this is really what I want to talk about. This is serious to me. And then we have somebody like, knowledgeable Chris on stage and this dude doesn't get three words and he's like over talk so I was like dude you might want to just step because it's going to get more and especially with me on on stage from different rooms and clubhouse oh yeah it's going to get really really toxic but anyway I left there got off clubhouse for a while good news is is now I think he's still on stage yeah Rich uh Rich who had also told me you know maybe stay with her more of her tribe kind of kind because like when you start which I've been in a, a lot, you know, see me in a lot of the atheism rooms and stuff. Uh, but we, the more and more I get around other Christians to tie it back into what you guys initially were talking about, the the more I, I feel fed and the more I feel like I'm, I'm I'm headed in the right direction and not lost. It might be clubhouse fun for a bit, but it's definitely not something that is beneficial to me. And obviously, biblically, as I, the other uh, lady had, had spoken. Um, it's, it's, it's not even biblical. So, um, yeah, it was an eye opener to me. Then I, I went into a room with sister, uh, charity. And so that was really awesome too. And obviously Vic, if Vic's not says, yeah, cool. But, uh, that's <laughs> like when, other when, chicks. When was, there ever, when was there ever an awesome charity room? Uh, oh, oh, wait, are you saying when was there ever like that never happens? <laughs> they, they disagree with each other. Oh, uh, well, oh, Sister, oh, Cherry, oh. Sister Cherry is a demon possessed person. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Uh, it, it's it's Sister Charity. Is it the same? No, no. You're talking about the no, same one. Chris, you're talking just, about the same uh, one. Chris just has issues <laughs> with her. OK, well, I, <laughs> well, I don't have the issue. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tasha, here is Chrissy. Uh, she will be your new disciple. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Well, hello. There, that's the best I can do. Hi, Tasha. Uh, I normally hang out a lot of times in the rooms with Victoria. Uh, she reads a lot. And then, oh, wait, serendipity's on stage, man. That's awesome. She comes from the same kind of uh, flip-flopping all over Clubhouse like me, but just good good people. Hey, hey uh, serendipity. I'm sorry if this is a rough time for you, but I I'm glad I get to see you. Hey, Chrissy. Send me a friend request and we can connect for sure. Did you get that, Chrissy? Her microphone was cutting out, but she said, uh, what did you say, like connect with her or something? Um, I totally followed you, Tasha. <laughs> awesome. I, I actually said, send me a friend request and we can connect. Okay. And remember, sound, at sound. the top of everyone's screen, screen, there is the Ask a Christian Discord server. Feel free to join it I, and have I, all I'm the on. conversations you like there. Now, I will say, Nate, that, that is kind of confusing for me. I, I did add it, but, like, Discord, 
uh, it seems like I've always got like five notifications from Ask a Christian and then I go to check them and I don't, they never either clear out. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what I'm doing on Discord, obviously, because I'm not on it enough. Yeah, but at least if you're on it, you can like message, you know, each other and have your own conversation. Yes, and stuff like that. yes, that's true. Thanks. I, I mean, basically like 90% of my time on that server is sharing funny Christian memes. Or questionable Christian <laughs> They are. Yes, they're hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> See, Christians can have fun. Uh, back to you, Todd. Speaking yet? Hey, what's up? I'm speaking. Ain't got <laughs> How's it going? I'm speaking. I just dropped my kid <laughs> off at school. So and now I'm, at, I'm, I'm home and there'll be no distraction. So I can talk. All right. Um, see you. Hey, man. Happy pick your day. <laughs> Morning. How are you? Good, good. Will you be uh, participating in the evening's activities on any level for any holiday for any reason? Um, no, my son didn't get any sort of anything this year. He didn't decide to, so apparently not. All right. Well, perhaps your family can spend this evening in quiet prayer and reflection. Nobody brought up trunk or treat. Does anybody else's <laughs> churches do that? Because uh, mine does for the kids, obviously. Ours calls it a like fall festival or harvest fest or something like that. But, you know, on one hand, like a lot of people have a problem with it. They're like, see, that's just the church trying to, you know, put put a Jesus-y name on it and still do what the world's doing. But then the other argument is, no, the church recognizes the world is doing this, so the church wants to give an alternative for families who don't want to participate in the world stuff to come, you know, still have fun and, you know, friendly food and, you know, stuff like that with other people of, of like-minded faith. So I'm like, I get both sides. But I think yeah. I'll fall on, yeah, it's not a problem. Like, it's it's an alternative. Like, if you, you know, if you know, like, the world is going to be out doing that stuff tonight and you don't want to participate, well, the church is having an alternative. So you can go, you know, hang out with other Christians, eat food, you know, play games, talk, hang out, and, you know, be in fellowship. Like, I don't see how you put a bad thing on that except for the specific day it is. Um, all that being said, I'm going to be driving around in my golf cart picking up candy for my kids, you know, I guess with the world. Um, even the quote world, like <laughs> saying hi to a couple neighbors and then coming home and, you know, eating all my kids candy. So, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I promise I will get out of it real quick. If I find like, you know, wolves being chained up in the back for sacrifices or anything like that. So you do let your kids dress up and they do get to go trick or treating is what you're saying, along with whatever activities that you do at the church. Uh, well, we can't do both. So so we're not going to the church. I know, bad Nate. But it's, it's kind of like a tradition here. Ever since yeah. I've moved here, like, I was part of the first group that, like, you know, set this thing up because there wasn't a lot of people in my area when I moved in. Um, so, like, a couple core core neighbors and stuff have, like, always, like, you know, kind of hung out, uh, you know, got on our little golf carts, like, drove around uh, to, like, this little area where, like, the older people live and they like to settle on their porches and, you know, say hi to the kids and hand out candy and stuff. So we've we've always done that. So even though my church is doing something, it, I mean, it's kind of like tradition. So I, I mean, I really enjoy that. So that's what we're going to be doing. 
Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, for me now, I understand like the ball of stress because like even as a kid, because I had two, I had a little brother and a little sister. They wanted to do it all. The school had the fall festival. The church had trunk or treat, and then obviously, if you could get dressed up, you know, if we had a, you know, a costume or whatever that my parents let us get, then you could around the I I got to tote Dan and Kate around the block, uh, which obviously I pilfered through their bags and took the best candy naturally to make sure it's not poisonous. <laughs> yeah, I was just checking for poison. Be like, it's all gone. Be like, but hey, it wasn't poison. Uh, um, I mean, that'd probably be like a be like a good job, like the the poison tester in like the king's court, like right up until you're like, uh oh, eh, because you get to eat all the same like best choice food the king is eating, and you know, I mean, I, I'm just guessing it probably wasn't like super supervised, like you know, if you're like testing it in the kitchen or I don't know, the king's busy, he's drunk, he's like doing his king thing, like you could probably like get it get a reasonable amount of food. Um, so it's probably a pretty good gig until you're like, oh crap, it's poison. <laughs> it depends on the approval rating of the king. <laughs> yeah, how long how long it lasts. Happy Reformation, All Saints, and Hallows Eve to you, Steph. Or until you got thrown in. Is that what we're doing? Hold on, wait. <laughs> we're just getting we're just including everything we can include. We're inclusive like that. <laughs> look at look, <laughs> look at my kid is dressed up as Bluey. How cute is this? You let your kid participate in the devil's holiday stuff? I do. I feel no conviction whatsoever. I'm kidding. I just talked about how mine are doing the same thing. One's she, a is she old Aww. enough? Is she old enough to join you at the coven yet? <laughs> uh, no. What are you talking about? She's the main guest of honor. I think they call it sacrifice, right? <laughs> yeah, official position of ask a christian is don't sacrifice your children oh shucks no i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't even have any are, kids are we being too <laughs> flippant like people that don't like regularly like listen to this are, are they just like pearl clutching right now should we should we dial it back chris would you like to regale everyone with like the story of, of martin luther or, or i don't know do do anything more holy I mean, really, I'm trying to write an RFD, but, uh, I mean, we can, sure. Like, what what, so, what would you like? Like, his first communion, or would you like, like, uh, his uh, constant um, confession, or would you like the the culmination of the 95 theses, or would you like the diet at firms? Well, talk about I, I, I'm interested in all of those. I was going to say be detailed about one, but instead, since we don't have all day... Could you just, uh, could, could you be, could, could you give like a detailed overview of just all of it? So not, not like an exhaustive, uh, you know, not, an, not like an exhaustive of each thing, but like a culmination um, from start to finish of, of your, you know, I mean, I'll try whatever. to do it from memory, I guess. But uh, so. Yeah, yeah, just the cliff notes. Just yeah, for people yeah, that may so, not be familiar with all this stuff. So Martin Luther was uh, a German resident. Um, in uh in a small town called Wittenberg and uh he uh, was out one day uh, about to become a promising lawyer and he was just out in the field one day and the light uh, a storm came across lightning started striking and he begged god that if god would allow him to survive that uh he would become a priest 
well, he follows through with his vow, he survives, um, much to the consternation of his father, becomes a priest, um, and then uh, he is giving his first Eucharist, which is a like a big deal for a priest, like you, you're doing your first transubstantiation miracle, and he rolls up to the altar, and he's going to do his thing, and he freezes until it got so uncomfortable in the in the mass that another priest had to come up and complete the the ritual. Well, later on, Luther would write that he was so overcome with the weightiness of what he was doing, holding the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, that he couldn't even think because his own sin was weighing on him so much. And so he then, you know, was in the monastery and doing his, you know, being a monk thing. And uh, he keeps going to confession and most of the priests would go to confession and they, you know, three our fathers, two Hail Marys, you know, here you go. Cause they're, I mean, they're living in a monastery. What are they really getting into? Martin Luther would have four and five hour confessions with the, the other priests. And they finally got sick of it. And they were like, Martin, you're taking this way too seriously. They literally said that to him. Um, and so then he, you know, has, has he, they're Augustinian monks, so he's reading Augustine, and he starts realizing that, like, this isn't right. Like, there is no way that I can be constantly sinful and yet right with God. Um, and there's just not enough penance I can do, and there's just not enough memory that I could have that I remember all of my sins to confess them. So then he starts to read the Book of Romans, and he begins to realize that oh, wow, like sacerdotalism, like all of this stuff is is not in the scripture. And he begins to realize that, um, you know, he the way that Christ works is that he makes us simultaneously righteous and yet a sinner. Well, all of this is rolling around in his head. He finally gets annoyed with Johann Tetzel, who is selling indulgences with a jingle, by the way. He's like a used car salesman. And so Luther doesn't have a indulgences are basically you get a little piece of paper from the Catholic church and it says that you're cool to do X, Y, Z sin. And so they were generally given to people who had repented, um, you know, and had a repentant heart. But uh, in this time they're trying to raise money for um, a renovation in Rome for a chapel. And so the Pope needed a bunch of money. And so they started selling indulgences to people and they extended these indulgences to the dead in uh, purgatory, which was seen as outrageous by most Catholics at the time. Um, so then they, Luther got fed up. He posted 95 theses on the bulletin board of his town, which just happened to be the door of the church. So there was like, hey, there's the Thursday potluck. You should come. There's, you know, <laughs> you know, like all this stuff, you know. And so he posts the 95 theses in Latin, hoping that he can have a conversation um, with other academics. He was a college professor. Um, and so what happened is somebody steals the 95 theses off of the door of the Church of Wittenberg, reads it, translates it into German, and then prints it. And now everything spins out of control. Um, he never wanted to start the Protestant Reformation. He uh, wanted to have a conversation about indulgences and get rid of Johann Tetzel. And that was the extent of what he wanted to do. And suddenly he is spinning way out of control. 
Well, all of this culminates in what's called the Diet of Worms. Worms is just a city in Germany. And so uh, he shows up and uh, he learns from Jan Hus's mistakes that he doesn't trust the Catholics for his safety. <laughs> he has somebody guaranteeing his safety because um, the Catholics are notorious for lying about like, hey, you're going to be totally safe. And then they burned you at the stake. Um, here, yeah, exactly. Um, so then uh, he gets there and they say, Martin Luther, do you stand behind your work? Uh, this is in 1521. And he says, can I have 24 hours to think about it? <laughs> really? Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's what he did. That's for real. And so they were like, uh, sure. Here's 24 hours to think about it, bud. And so then he comes back and, you know, and he's like, listen, um, the, what I am writing is the truth. And here I stand. I can do no other. Those are the famous words. But he said it very, he mumbled it. It wasn't like this great, like cinematic moment where he's like shouting at the, at the vicars. He, he just, he literally just was like mumbling and they're like, we can't hear you Luther. And so finally he spoke, spoke up. And at that point he is whisked, like kidnapped, like literally whisked out of the proceedings. Um, very, that was very dramatic. And he had no idea who was kidnapping him. And it happened to be um, a Catholic um, lord from Germany uh, who then carried him off to his castle where he would be safe. Um, and so this guy never converted to, to Protestantism. He died a Catholic, but he is the one who sheltered Martin Luther um, from all of the assassins coming to kill him. So, yeah. That was Wait, that's that's the, so, the very so short Luther, version. So how did Luther end up dying? In his old age. Why am I misremembering? I thought he I thought he was like murdered. No, no, no. No. Luther oh. died in, that that was the whole thing. Jan Hus. Jan Hus was coaxed to the Council of Um uh Constance, uh where there were three popes, by the way at the same time, all fighting it out. And um, they were like, and the one thing that the three popes agreed upon was Jan Hus had to die. And so that brought them all together. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So Jan Hus actually was killed at the Council of Constance. They, they put him on a pyre and burned him at the stake. And what was um, Jan Hus's big deal that, um, so, so wait, uh, Luther didn't like, him right but then the popes also didn't like him so what, what luther was, liked did... jan hus but jan hus lived 300 years before luther okay and what was the popes or the pope's problem with him uh jan hus uh was teaching biblical christianity and all of these people were the hussites and there was also I... a there was also a bunch of the Waldensians running around from Peter Waldo. Peter Waldo was teaching biblical Christianity against the church. Um, I mean, was so it just they, like, a, was it like three big things they had a problem with or just like all of it, all of it? It was sal salvation by faith alone, you know, by Christ alone, through grace alone. I mean, it was literally just the solos. Um, the, the, the ideas of the Reformation were not new. They had always been rolling around the church and there was a bunch of talk. Um, within the Catholic Church to revise a bunch of stuff at, before the Council of Trent occurred, to revise a bunch of stuff, to, to go with like Jan Hus and Peter Waldo and Martin Luther. Uh, in fact, they had a big um, conference in 1627 um, 
called Regensburg, and they were one article away from um, closing up shop from the Lutherans and closing down the Protestant Reformation and reforming the Catholic Church. Um, and it ended up, there was a political struggle that ended up putting that on the kibosh. So they were, they were literally one article away from, from saying, yeah, we're going to go for salvation by faith alone um, in the Catholic Church. And then there was the, the main guy, I can't remember, I think his name was Eck. He, uh, he was like standing against it. And uh, he, he ended up having political sway with the Pope. Um, and they did away with that. So, you know, there's a lot of really interesting, really good Reformation history. Um, Lincoln Ear has a really good podcast that you can listen to. It's called Luther in Real Time. Um, and it's just, if you're listening to something in the background, it's very subdued. And it's not like all this dramatic stuff. It's just telling about like the events of Martin Luther's life leading up to the, the 95 Theses. How you are not some sort of like church like history teacher is beyond me. But uh, to be fair, uh, Victoria, since you have have no doubt suffered um, in disagreement with what Chris has said, would you like to take just a moment to uh, to rebuff anything, and then we'll move on to uh, to happier conversation, if you like? Mate, I think you were thinking about um, William Tyndale being burned at the stake. He's the one that helped us get our Bibles on our hands. But I think that's who you're thinking about being burned it could have been. i mean there um, was lots of there was lots of people burned at the stake so peter waldo was burned at the stake Jan huss was burned at the stake william tyndale was burned at the stake um you know just on and on and on and on uh victoria anything you'd like well, to the thing is um there's more calvinists in the room i feel like i'm not a calvinist um, this well, has yeah. nothing to do with Calvinism. So. Are you disagreeing? Do you think I'm a, you're calling me a Calvinist? Three of us. Out of I, I give up. I give up. All right, Steph, we're Calvinists. If I am, you are too. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's just you, buddy. I'm not a Calvinist. Vic anyway, Victoria. Calvinist. Yeah, Victoria. The point is, uh, you know, no one interrupt Victoria. Um, you know, say what you want to say, and then we'll move on. Like, it, you know, it doesn't matter how many people disagree. Like, you know, of course you disagree with Chris, but I just wanted to be fair and give you a, give you a chance to, you know, dispute anything, and then and then we'll just run on. I, I definitely don't want to have a huge huge discussion uh, about it. <laughs> but yeah, anything you'd like to say, go right ahead. Well, I appreciate that, Nate. Uh, but yeah, in the chat, I was uh, responding to that, and then there was like Chris on stage saying stuff. So like, I could go through like each point of it. But this, j just to get to the point, I do believe that the Catholic Church is the bride of Christ, and I know it's very controversial to people, but uh, Christ, just like Adam, um, speared through his ribs, uh, the blood and water that gushed forth for his bride so he's he's going to preserve his church no matter what like whether it's nails on theses or whatever like it's Christ's uh, job to keep his church going so yeah I'm not gonna like argue about it with a bunch of Calvinists <laughs> but thank you Steph yeah she's hey, totally I'm talking to you Calvinist. guys not me she, she's talking to all yeah. of you not me <laughs> Uh, and she's my friend. Hey, and you know I'm not I'm not even Calvinist, but uh, I had asked before to the guy that when we were in your room, uh, which I think it got you a little heated, but it shouldn't have. Uh, my only question to that is, where is it that it is the Catholic Church? Like I, I firmly believe what she's saying. Like it's it's biblical that the bride of Christ is the church. 
But when you say the church, which is biblical, and bride, which is every one of us that are believers in, you know, in the church, uh, where is it that it specifically says, you know, it cannot be a Calvinist church, a Lutheran church, a Pentecostal church, church of God. It cannot be non-denominational. It must be the one and only Catholic church ran by the, uh, the that has bishops, a priest, and the pope. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. Like Matthew sixteen eighteen, Jesus said, "Upon this rock I will build my church," and he said that in front of Caesarea Philippi, where, like, actually there is a geographical gate of Hades right next to that. So while he was saying that to Peter, it was his promise to keep the church going, and he is going to keep keep it going through through Peter, and we can see that Peter has this human element. So like him being the Pope, and then you've got. Clement, uh, who was also the Pope in the Bible, Linus, who was also the Pope in the Bible. So there was like a line of succession that started from Peter that is still ongoing. And um, yeah, the, the church is, um, and, and the word Catholic, the universal. Why, why would he speak? No, nope, that concludes that conversation. Thank you. Wonderful. Let's move on to when other he was speaking to Peter, why did Praise he speak Like I church? said, like I said, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and talk on other topics. Thank you both. Uh, kind of and so, just for clarity, Vic, we're cool, right? We'll we're not... introduce the next topic. What you already talked about? Sleep in your topic. Nate talk. How about that, Steph? I what? have another topic, Nate. How about how you'd rather sleep than hear Nate talk? I mean, listen, my kids have been sick for four days. My husband's been sick for three days. I Yes, I would give up anything for sleep right now. So it's not personal. <laughs> uh, someone said they had another topic. Yeah, I have, I have another topic question. Uh, are we to, in scripture, are we to pray to Mary and allow, is she the one that intercedes between us and Christ? Anyway, I, I, I just walked right into that one, didn't topics. I? Just walked right into it. And where is Good it that question. I have to do uh, Hail Mary, like however no, many? No, all right, let me be more specific. clear. We are not doing this with Victoria being the only Catholic in the room. It's not, it's Halloween. Let's talk about something else. Goodness. Okay, for clarity, it's not just Vic, though. Not at all. Reformation Day. Yeah. Great. What else can we talk about? We're all friends. Everyone's happy. Woo, good time. I mean, unless they say that we're not going to go to heaven because we're not Catholics. Okay. So anyway. All right, I got I, I got one stuff um for, for a <laughs> No no no. Um, okay, so um so in in uh thinking about with what, what's unfortunately happening in uh in Israel and in Gaza and everything, uh what I uh, was in a room uh a day or so ago and um obviously I I'm just gonna say how I, I Stand with, like, it has to be a certain, like, pronoun, like, obviously, I stand with Israel, obviously. I mean, I don't question that. I, uh, I will uh, want to do whatever the Lord has, you know, guided us to do. And if it says that we would protect it and keep it holy, then why would I not? But this being a very tough way to say this, realistically, if, if there's a possibility that if all of us in our heads for just a second, can say that this is not a uh, religious war and this is not backed on anything about religion, which is ridiculous to try to separate the two, right? But as an American and stuff, I know you're, we're in the same country. So like as an American, I know that as a U.S. citizen, they're an ally. So like Russia, not an ally, China, not an ally. So 
regardless of what country it is, if they're an ally to the United States of America, then my country is, an, is their fellow ally and we protect them. So when it becomes a question of uh, whether or not you support Israel, um, if you think that um, uh, the United States is uh, meddling or, or maybe not giving enough aid, um, how is it, uh, or, or do, you, do you agree, do you not agree? Is there a way to talk to even non-believers to say, hey, listen, we're both U.S. citizens, we both have the understanding that there are allies, whether or not you want to hate me because I'm a Christian or not Jewish or, uh, or not Muslim. You know what I mean? Uh, man, there's so much to that. So, I, I mean, it's like you, you almost can't talk to anyone because unless everyone, I know, unless, I mean, unless everyone really has their head around all the points which finding someone like that, they're going to have to be like a political analyst or, you know, a tactician or just a layperson with like, you know, like Chris's pension for church theology. They're going to have to be like that in a political scape. So like most people are only going to hear like if there's like a hundred points, most people are going to be familiar with like maybe five or six. So it's like ju just trying to have that conversation accurately with someone is almost a losing battle to find. That being said, um, some of the points, there is nothing holy about Israel at this point. Like Israel is just as holy as America. So, you know, when God talks about, you know, Israel, I, I don't believe that is in any way talking about the secular godless degenerate, uh, you know, artificial borders of Israel. Now, I believe this is talking about, you know, the people who are actually Jewish and live and walk and act that way. You know, the remnant, the people that I believe are going to be given the chance to see the light eventually. Um, I don't believe uh, yeah. it's, it's, I, I, I don't believe it's like the godless secular, secular degenerates in their government. Um, that being said, um, I also believe we should stand by our word. So even if someone thinks that we should let other people fight out their battles on their own, well, there, there is a time when an agreement was made that Israel is our ally. So you don't abandon your allies, and it doesn't matter if people are like, Oh, well, don't you know that Jews hate Christians? It, it, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is your word is your bond. Thank you. <laughs> so if our government, uh, you know, whenever they made the alliance with Israel or any other ally in the world, that's a contract. That's an agreement they entered into. So like it or not, unless you want to formally be like, we're no longer allies, then you honor your contract. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, as long as they're upholding their terms, which I, I don't think there are any really. Um but I mean, you know, as long as the agreement stands, then you honor that agreement, uh, no matter how bad you maybe sh should rethink it. Um, anyway, so so those are just a few points. That being said, I think there's all manner of like, you know, inside jobs. No one's ever really going to know who did what. Um, you know, is it like a 9-11 type conspiracy of our government where some, some things are absolutely proven? Um, other things are still out there in the ether that no one may never know for sure. Um, so like the, the palace intrigue. Like, like we're never us normal people are never going to know the fullness and reality of what happened and for what reasons. Um, but yeah, so so the simple things we can see is the first aggressor. That's the fault. So, you know, I'm not talking about going back 70 years and who, who was mad first or who did something mean first. I'm talking about there was like a period, like weeks, months, years, whatever, where there was where there's no violence. Like not talking about like one offs that wasn't affiliated with a, a, a you know a government order or something like that. So like you know th there was like a time of peace, maybe it was only like three days long. It doesn't matter. But then there is the festival and there is this planned organized assault by Hamas. 
So that in this incursion is the primary aggressor. Um, so they need to do what they need to do to stop that. So, you know, on one hand, you've got Netanyahu, like quoting Isaiah, how he's talking about Amalek and wiping everyone out of existence. Um, you know, I feel like their time for that was done. They should have done that when God ordered it 3,000 years ago. And, you know, there were times where they did not do that. And look what happened. So now they have to deal with the consequences of their sin. Um, you know, there, whoever there is, the ancestors and descendants. So when God told them to destroy everything, and there were times where they did not do that, these are the consequences you have to live with them. So I think innocent life should be protected and preserved, but there's also a point where it shouldn't sacrifice your own people in order to protect the life, to go to extraordinary measures of protecting the life of people who hate you. So, you know, and then people get on their high horse. It's like, look at Japan, you know, like we didn't start World War II. We weren't in World War II. Japan, uh, you know, poked us in the eye, got us involved in World War II. They started it. We ended it. Unfortunately, us ending it was a big, bold step that consumed lots of non-combatant civilian lives. Nonetheless, it started it. And it's kind of like the, um, the doctrine of like the, what is it like? The doctrine of felony, uh, felony something. I don't remember when I was a cop. But it's like anything, whenever someone does a felony, like if someone like does, commits an armed robbery and then they run and evade capture, they, they're the first aggressor. They're the ones that committed the crime first. So anything that happens uh, because of them gets attributed to them. So that means if someone like punches you in the face, robs you, stabs you three times, takes your purse and runs, um, and a cop uh, starts chasing you, and in the course of that chase, uh, they steal a car, run over a baby in a stroller, and like murder three more people trying to evade capture and get away, that's not the cop's fault. That's the person's fault uh, who, caused, who did that initial felony. So if you're emotional about it, it's hard, a harder pill to swallow. If you can be reasonable and logical, it makes perfect sense. None of that would have happened if the original aggressor would not have aggressed. So if innocent lives, unfortunately, are lost, that should not be attributed to Israel. That should be attributed to the primary aggressor, in this case, Hamas. You could probably find other times, like maybe in the Six Day War or something like that, like where you know Israel like um, was a primary aggressor. So anything that would happen would be attributed to them. Anyway, these uh, are I like disagree. Disagree. these are like two percent of my thoughts. Yeah, Baghdadi, tell us why we're wrong. Thanks, man. I, I, yeah, I disagree with that because like if you kill somebody, if I kill somebody and then I run into a school, does that give you right to blow up the school, or do or do you go in there and get me? I, I don't I don't think that's that's a justification for carpet bombing, you know, the uh, but that's not what's being done. So the, the, I, the insinuation that you're making is ridiculous and it's not supported by the facts. It's just copium. And like the fact that you're saying they're carpet bombing anything just shows that you're either dishonest or pig ignorant. Well, well, hang on. Uh, let's let's all stay nice enough. So, Baghdadi, taking your analogy, right? Rich, you, don't if, start if, laughing. Wait, Baghdadi. What your your analogy, right? Because because whether you're minute or not, it's exactly what's happening. So okay, so if you kill someone, uh, let's say you're the murderer, you kill someone, you run into a hospital full of kids. Does that give someone? I think you said the right to to basically destroy that entire hospital um, in an effort to capture you. I would say um, I don't like that, and I would argue against that. And I think we see a lot of times people take incredible above and beyond measures to not do that but in this actual scenario like the hospital they were saying was getting bombed or about to get bombed um you may have to pull the trigger and do it 
when the people who kill people, like let's say you, you know, you kill someone, you run into a hospital, you and your whole operation of terrorists have underground, like six and eight levels underground in that hospital. That's where your compound is because you specifically build it under the hospital, hoping human that that shields, make, ho hoping, yeah, hoping that that will deter people from attacking it. At some point, if that's your base of operations, then you're just going to have to say, man, that sucks, but we have to end this war. So I'm sorry, 200 innocent people. We've got to get to the root of your evil, which is under your hospital. No, no, I, I think you should send in a force of well-trained people to that, like to go get the people you're after. You don't blow up everybody. You you don't think that we've been doing that for yeah, about yeah, we I'm even did that for twenty years. If I do hey, something, hey, back, daddy, how many of the IDF soldiers do you think are gonna die if they do that? How many how many how many IEDs are gonna be placed all over the place, and C four and explosives are gonna be placed on doors? And so every time they walk in, they're all going to be slaughtered. But that, that, that hospital thing is a uh, Yes. When you use the hospital as a human shield, oh this is a okay. ridiculous question. Hey, life isn't more valuable wait, than Wait, wait. Hang on. I, I wanted to give Baghdadi a chance because he is clearly outnumbered. <laughs> and, no, uh, he's and not. In America, y'all would not allow that to happen. <laughs> you would not allow. If a, if a terrorist ran into an American hospital, you wouldn't say if he had a if they had a terrorist cell underneath the hospital at Sinai Grace and wherever place. Oh, blow up the whole hospital. We got to get to the terrorist cell. It's very easy to say these things when you're not that close to that country. It's crazy what you guys are saying. What happened? Israel blew up the hospital. As, as recently as World War Two. Okay. Yeah, that never were happened being bombed. though. Chris, what I'm saying is if a terrorist cell was found in America and they were known for running things in and out of the hospital under underground, but it was a regular hospital with American citizens and whoever else was in there and there was a terrorist cell that they knew it was going down, they're not going to blow up the whole hospital. Of course can not, you, but they wouldn't have let they wouldn't have let the hospital put but, a terrorist or but you know underground terrorist organization. The difference is now the difference is that the hospital was complicit in allowing the construction of the terror tunnels under it on purpose. And so the idea that the somehow there's just like these secret people that are walking in and out with Hamas. You know that the hospital yeah, is completely it, 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 ignorant that that Hamas is yes. under <laughs> in the hospital. That's complete stupidity. No one. When I'm just saying, when you guys are making these, we uh, are saying that it's okay with, if you, you guys? subtract the guys who are talking about this as if it was okay. Those are the guys. And by the way, no hospitals have been bombed. You guys know that, right? That she Hamas thinks there. She thinks there has. Yeah, because that's getting Hamas dropped a rocket on its own hospital. By oh, actually, literally, Chris, Chris, it wasn't even Hamas. It was Islamic Jihad. Well, it was Islamic Jihad. And they blew up. They blew yeah, up a parking lot. If there are people in a hospital, innocent civilians in a hospital, and you think it's okay, if you think it's okay to blow up a hospital. No one, no one said it's okay to blow up a hospital. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Here's a point, right? So even if it happens, right, like no one thinks it's okay to bomb right, Hiroshima, right? No one probably was happy about that. No one thought it was okay. 
yet, you know, the president made the hard choice to do it, um, probably thinking this is not OK. This is not OK. This is not OK. But it ended the war and saved an unimaginable amount of lives going forward. So so no, even if this would happen, no one thinks it's OK. No one thinks it's good. But that's why some people get elected to make the tough choices. Yeah, it's called war. Yeah, no, war's not thank good. you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's called y'all. The lack of humanity is ridiculous. How is the human shield not a lack of humanity? I heard you talk. I did did not not see Barack Obama drone strike a house that had Barack Obama is wrong too. When he drone striked a house that had innocent people in it, uh, just to get to a police officer who went out as a renegade and started slaughtering people. Do they you do you think right it now. matters that it's a Barack, Barack Obama? You think I no, think No, I'm that's just okay? saying. Do you have any issues with that? Well, the, I have the issues. idea yes, that I do. somehow Israel the president are morally When you insert yourself into other people's wars. That's well, a well, wait, wait, wait. You mean our allies? Wait. Wait, hang on. Right wait, wait, hang on. Yeah, they're called our allies. I just post. I just. And we post, haven't even. We haven't even interfered other than setting in the middle. Wait, hang on. I'm going to. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Hang on, Noel. Hang on. I, I'm going to force people to stay on track. You, you just mentioned something, Noel, about when we insert ourselves into other people's wars. Um, who do you mean? Because America hasn't bombed anyone there yet. So are you talking about Israel and Gaza? Because we Americans haven't bombed anything. So th- this is Israel in their own war. I just want to be clear. We're talking about the same thing, right? No, so, he brought so up no one's... Obama. And maybe war was not the word that I should have used. But he brought up Obama and drone strike in a house where there's innocent people. Like, as Americans, we would never allow that to happen. We would yeah, never we... allow that to happen. You could not come just to our gave country. You an example. If there was ISIS oh my terrorists, gosh. if there was ISIS terrorists hiding underneath the house or a school or something like that, and there was ISIS terrorists who were going to slaughter thousands of people, yes, of course we would drone strike it. So you're telling me if there was ISIS yes. terrorists hiding under a public yes. school in the yes. city with children there in America, they're going to bomb yes. the whole school. They would first so, okay, hold there. on. First, they would evacuate the it, school. Okay. Exactly what they tell the hospitals and buildings like you're referencing in this hypothetical. (laughs) So you're gonna right and the terrorists, the terrorists the terrorists kept them captive. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Noel, you you literally have no idea. The terrorists kept them captive and used them as human shields. Kitty, calm down. Steph, I want the blue pill. Hey, Nate, I'm almost to the alligator lake again. You want to join me? Don't jump in, Chris. So Don't so- jump in. <laughs> Chris, if there were bases underneath the alligator lake, would you kill all the alligators? Kill to get all to the of terrorists? the alligators. I I would probably try to evacuate all of the alligators as much as I could to Lake Jessup. Just like the idea then. And then bomb the alligator. Like and, and see that it, yep. it, it's all like this. This truly takes like like military strategists, which none of us are. But I mean, you know, some some may be more geared that way to others. But I mean, it, it takes like first of all having all the data, right? Which which none of us are ever going to have. But I mean, with all the intelligence, all the stuff, it takes collecting all of that. Then it takes really considering, right? Because you think, oh, well, you know, just evacuate, just evacuate it. Well, j- 
like the butterfly effect. Like you have to consider like many moves down the road. If you try to evacuate it, what's that going to do? Of course, all the terrorists underground are going to get word it's being evacuated. You know who's not going to be there when it happens? The terrorists. They're going to be like, oh, crap, they're evacuating. I guess we better go, too. So you'll have them using escape routes. You'll have them dressing as hospital patients. You'll have Thank them you, evacuated. Mate. So by the time you, you bomb what you need to bomb because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to evacuate the innocents, you don't accomplish your mission. So that yeah, but they have all their the weapons there, Nate. Usually, thank you, Nate. They'll have their rockets, their missiles, their machine guns. He's not. Yeah, he's not agreeing with you. No, no, I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to say to her. I'm, I'm trying to say. I don't, no, 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 no. I was, trying, I was just saying to. I, yeah, I was just saying to Nate. Nate, Nate is not I'm, I'm agreeing with well. her. Kitty, 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 Nate is. Nate is explaining it more thoroughly from what. My understanding is. And that's what I was about to do as well. I was going to say okay, that I no, other country, I, I no other country outside of Israel would give a preemptive warning. The United States, Germany, France would just bomb the place where the terrorists are and give them zero warning like we do in Afghanistan, Iraq and Syria, even when there's civilians there. And the reality is the IDF gives them a huge warning, including up to allowing the terrorists to leave which is ridiculous. And now they've finally gotten tired of it. They said, you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to give them a three hour heads up so people can get out of there. We're just going to kill the terrorists because if we don't, they're going to continue killing Israeli citizens. Yeah, what happened to turn the other cheek Christians? What happened to that? Turning the other cheek has nothing to do with that. I swear. I'm just going to start dropping people. Once, like, wait, wait, wait. Once, it, can, Miller, everyone once can, it comes <laughs> to terrorism, all the, the Christianity just goes out the window. Way to misquote scripture. Wow, okay. it's not yeah. it says what it says. All right, trying to be fair. I don't want to do it. You guys are like hurting kittens. Everyone, just calm yourself. Sean also is trying to get in here. The point is, I don't even know what the point was. Something about terrorists and Christians. But I don't even remember what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. The point is, the Christianity is still there. But are you supposed to say turn your other cheek if someone shows up and is like, hey, I'm going to rape your family and murder them all in front of your eyes and then torture you to death? Are you be like, all right, well, not meant to turn the other cheek? No, that's not what that means at all. I think it, you know, when people cite you and people, you know, don't don't be so focused on vengeance that you're ready for like an eye for an eye. Like if if you're on trigger, so like if someone does one thing to you, you're like, no, vengeance is mine. I must get even right now. It's like no, let some stuff go. However, if it comes to like you know taking your life or like doing serious evils to you. Absolutely, it is my, and I would argue the bib biblical conviction, that you can defend yourself. You should defend yourself. And so, no, th that is not what turning the other cheek means. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. But as evidence, Noel, I hope you're still here. I hate to drop you guys, but goodness, you just will not, will not simmer down. Um, it's evidence. Like for 70 years, how many times, my entire life, whenever there's a, a, a thing going on in Israel and Gaza, it's like they always do this. They always like sacrifice their own people in order to try to get the innocent people out of Gaza um, and do exactly what you're saying. They try to evacuate. They try to give warnings. They try to say, we're going to bomb these things, these targets in three days. They give they give dummy knocks. Remember that? Like the terrorists are mad that they weren't giving dummy knocks this time, which is you drop in, like an empty shell casing on top of a building that you're going to hit. So that that warns them to to tell all the innocent people to get out of the building before they drop a real bomb. So they've done this stuff. And the evidence that it's not working is the last 70 years. So whenever they do this, 
like everything you're advocating for, uh, D, it's been done for 70 years, longer than all of us have been alive. And the result is it doesn't solve the problem and terrorism still happens. And they're still, you know, swearing to wipe each other off the face of the earth. So it's like th th this has nothing to do with like, you know, Christian or compassion or any of that, because that's been done. So it's like I would argue at a certain point, the most uncompassionate thing you can do is the same thing and accept a expect a different result. Because all you're getting is like if, if one side would have won, like whenever this first thing started back in 70 years, like, I don't know, probably a year or two, whenever the first real big problem started, um, everyone's swearing death to everyone. If they just would have like one side would have just like genocided the other, not advocating for that, just saying if one side just would have went all out until their enemy was beat into such submission, they could not rise again. How many lives over the 70 years would have been spared? probably a lot more than had been lost by continuing this cat and mouse game for 70 years. Anyways, that's the point. Okay. So if you guys want to come back up, raise your hands. If this happens again, then we'll probably drop you and call it a day. But Sean, you've been up here and wanted to uh, speak for a while, I think. Yeah, I was just going to touch base kind of off of what you guys were saying. I'm not advocating for any kind of violence or whatnot. There's innocent people on both sides, uh, but we got to remember and keep our eye on them on who, who started this all. And uh, they, they make it kind of hard when you're completely correct. Israel, I've never even heard of this before, military does give a warning, gives, uh, you know, uh, shells that kind of like just rock the building and warn them. It's like no military in the world has ever done that or would do that. And it, now I'm thinking as a Palestinian people, if, if I had a choice... That I either had to get out of the building, right, and Hamas is not going to let me, they're going to kill me or whatever, or IDF is going to throw a bomb, I'm going to die either way. I'm going to die, like trying trying to be an actual martyr. If I was against Hamas, as a you know the, the Palestinian people should be because they're terrorists, I would do whatever I needed to do to leave the hospital, and that means my life's on the line. My life's on the line, regardless if I stay or not. So, and we got to stop stop sugarcoating it. A lot of these Palestinians that are in the hospital are choosing to stay. They actually support Hamas. So call a spade a spade. You know, that is two, I think, very good points. Like when people say innocence, what does that mean? A lot of these, these people who are, are classified as non-combatants, they are still uh, very much material contributors, either, you know, weaving suicide vests vest or helping with rockets or like, you know, like uh, lots of the women here in World War II um, you know, were ammunition uh, manufacturers. So they worked for ammunition makers. Um, so, you know, they were very much uh, supporting the war effort. So the same thing. It's like, you know, even though there were maybe women and children, um, quote, children, uh, you know, 14-year-old, 16-year-old, 18-year-old children. Um, anyways, you, you can still have them be material um, supporters in all kinds of different ways. And even the ones that don't outright fight and support they still support them, you know, in their hearts and in their mission and their motive. Um, and then the very few, because at this point, all it's doing is harboring more and more resentment and hate on every side. Because, you know, if 30 years ago, there would have been more people, uh, you know, perhaps on opposite sides who are like, no, I don't want to part in this. This is not my fight. But now because this fighting continued, it's like, well, now they know someone who's known someone who's died. They have a brother who's died. They've had a, a cousin who's died. So now... 20, 30 years ago, they wouldn't have been, they would have actually been an innocent person who just wanted no part in this war. But now, because they're like, oh, 
Hamas, Hamas killed my family. Now I hate them. Or, you know, Israel killed my family. Now I hate them. So you're just getting more and more like staunch sides, um, staunch groups on both sides. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The last thing I'm saying, sorry. The, the last thing I was going to say is if people are truly innocent, rise up, like thwart your own government. Um, that's what I would say. So if people are tired of being oppressed, you rise up. Yeah, some of you are going to die. Freedom is not free. If your government is so bad and so repressive that they, they like rule you with an iron fist and you legitimately cannot have a quality of life, wars have been fought over this. So, you know, either be a slave, be oppressed, and, you know, that's just your life, or accept some people are going to die. It's not going to be pretty, but rise up and overthrow your, your persecutors. So if that's, if that's, you know, Hamas or whoever that is, if you're like, they're evil, they're terrorists, they're awful, we don't want any part of this, rise up and help overthrow them. That's just how it works. Uh, a couple Nate, of people want to say something. I got a, I got a question real quick. Uh, wait one second. I think, I think Sean – hang on. I think Sean – was it you that wanted to add something else, Sean? And then we'll go to Bag and then Rich. Sean, I thought it was you. Was it you? Yeah, it was me. I lost my train of thought when you had gone back on. So just go to somebody else. I'll think of it. Okay, uh, Bag, and then we'll get to Rich. That's very easy to say, but if they are uh, they're being oppressed on both ends, then it's is uh is is very hard for women and children because most of the population in Palestine they're, they're children. So being it's women and children we're talking about that are being dominated on both sides. They're being dominated by. Back, Daddy, by can I ask is, you a question? Because on, no, 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 no. on that stop, point, stop. on that point, on that point, nope. I am. I am. You want iron fist ruling? I, I'm ruling with an iron fist. Like bag. You're in the middle of saying something. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but I'll wait for you to finish to respond. Yeah. And so the the casualties are going to be women and children when they when they bomb these hospitals, these schools, or these whatever. It's hurting women and children. Is so you know, and we're we're talking about it like it's justified to kill a bunch of women and children because your target is in the area. When you have uh, um, an advanced military, you have well-trained forces send in a group of people to get the targets that you're looking for. Bombing everybody is not, you know, viable. It's not a solution. Send somebody, no one somebody. is bombing everybody. It's cowardly. Yeah, I, I mean, I can go as far as to say it's not just to, you know, to kill innocent people. But I mean, you know, sometimes it it's may be necessary. Cowardly. Like they're scared. They're wait, wait, wait. Hang on. What, it is like, not cowardly. That is ridiculous. Can we dump this guy? Talk? Hang on. Uh, okay. We're going to be quickly done with this conversation. I, I let you talk for a while. You made several points. Um, so I could say, you know, it's not justice to kill innocent people. Um, but I mean, sometimes, you know, some things are necessary. And like you were saying, it's mostly women and children. I know that sucks, right? But in this case, um, you know, especially this most. Let's just walk back to the most recent version. Um, Israel didn't start this fight. It was it was the other side that started this fight. So, you know, it's like if it's women and children who can't rise up because you know their own government and their own family is is oppressing them, that sucks. But that's not Israel's fault. Um, Rich, you want to say something, and then and we'll get Chris in. Oh yeah. Uh, first of all, I was just going to say the guy who was asking a question is named after Al Baghdadi, you know, the ISIS founder. Um, secondly, I was going to ask Nate: Do do modern day Christians think that the Yahweh of the Tanakh is a different God in the New Testament? Like Jesus comes along, he's like this pacifist, and he doesn't believe in like war, and 
He doesn't believe in like defending yourself. I mean, the same God that had the Canaanites wiped out. And, uh, you know, the reality is it's the same God, Baghdadi. You know, you, you can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, uh, innocent people are going to die. Well, would you have any problem with us bombing areas where the Nazis were and innocent people dying? Because that's no different than what's going on right now. Well, the Nazis but, bombed, bombed London. Like, they didn't take special care to make sure it was only military. But we bombed Germany, Germany, too. We didn't bomb just military installations. We bombed wherever the Nazis were. It sounds like and, you're trying – Rich, it sounds like you're trying to argue. There's no point you should be – No, no. Argue. I'm talking to Baghdadi when I'm saying that. But my question is, do, do modern-day Christians – and is there any evidence for Yahweh and the Tanakh changing when Jesus comes along and then he just becomes like a totally different God with a different mindset? That was my That's question. what they preach, though. I know it's not true, but that's what they preach. No, they, no. I, my question is: Is no, God no of the Old Testament? I don't believe. I don't believe that they, that He changed. No, I. No, I He didn't. It's the same God who wiped out uh, the Canaan. Wait, wait. We had an order. Uh, Chris was next, and then D. The, and and then the Midianites. <laughs> uh, Chris, you were you were next. What's up, Chris? I'm I'm gonna lose for a second. Okay, we'll come back to you, uh, D. Oh, I just came up here, Nate, because I just wanted to, um, We you don't really have a back chat anymore, but I just wanted you to watch this video. Like, I watched this video this morning, and I was like, oh my gosh. But it was about Netanyahu, and there was something about what you were talking about as far as how your allies, um, you know, if they're not sticking to their part of the agreement. So can I, if I put in a back chat, which you don't, well, the chat, which you don't look at a lot, can I, if I put it in there, would you watch it? It's not you long. You can put it. You can't put it in there. We don't have it anymore. Yeah, but now, is, is, is Hamas oh, wait, wait, a terrorist organization, or is wait, it the wait, army in the side of, chat. of Palestine? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, what chat. is it? Yeah, I'll put in the side chat is, so is, you can is see. Is Hamas a terrorist organization, or is it the army of Palestine? Which one is it? Currently, Hamas is the ruling government in Palestine. And there's so can we call that the army of, of, the we call that like the German, the army of uh, Palestine? Uh, huh? hang, hang on one second. Uh, D, yeah, so I, I may not... Remember to get it in the side chat. We are calling it a terrorist organization. So is it a... Walter, shut your mouth. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to talk about a technical detail, and you won't keep your mouth shut for two seconds. Oh, my Lord. Uh, D, I may not see it in side chat. I don't know if you're on Discord, but that's the best place to share this stuff because it saves it forever, and um, lots, of, lots of people will be able to find it that way. This is where I would call you Walter, but you could not control yourself. I have no idea what you're saying. It may have been good. It probably was good, but good lord. Um, Nate, remember uh, the other day when you said that I lost my mind on somebody and you didn't like it? Just thought I'd, just thought I'd remind you. You lost your mind on Calvinism. You lost your mind on a whole seven percent. No, it was just Chris. It was, it was just Chris. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, two shades. I am now. the whipping boy. Thank you for coming I off am. mute to let me know that. You I are welcome. Camp. I've been I waiting the for the kid. right moment. Oh, 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 oh. Look, man. Liv's been like, storing that up for weeks, Nate. Live by the snarky comment, die by the snarky comment. Listen, you guys. This is, okay, we're looking at this from an American perspective, right? But you have to, like, and I put this in the chat. This is a country, a nation or whatever, that has a democracy where 75% of the people voted for Hamas to be in control. That's like, oh, 75, oh, there's 25% who don't agree. Right. But in, in America, that doesn't happen, right? We have like 51, 49 swings. Okay. Like 75% of people voting 
One way is a massive, overwhelming, like incomprehensible majority in, in relation to the American perspective. So it sucks when we think about the four-year-old in the hospital who's injured and then like this is now a risk. But this is like these people knew that Hamas has been tunneling under their hospitals. They knew that they're putting weapons stores in schools. They knew the time to outcry about this was years ago when this started. And when the, the Americans started funneling money in for humanitarian reasons into Gaza, what did they do? Did they build their own water infrastructure, their own electric infrastructure? No, they continued to rely on Israel and instead put it into weapons and tunnels so that they could destroy Israel. Like, I hate to say, I feel, I feel so much for the people who legitimately are innocent, but it's like, this is, you can only claim so much innocence if you have stood by and watched your country do this for decades and then voted them in and then not cried out when they're putting bombs in your schools. Like the other thing too, is that if everyone in those hospitals came out with white flags, the Israelis would take them as, as wars, as uh, prisoners of war. So they're, they're obeying the government that they voted for. And the government that they voted for is putting out massive propaganda, all of this information all over the internet saying, stay where you are and be martyred for the cause. And the 75% of people, the vast overwhelming majority who voted for that are doing just that because they agree with their terrorist government. Like it it sucks. Yeah. It sucks when we think about the children and the women and the innocents, like it's horrible, but this situation, like there is no, there is no merciful solution for people who are that like this has come from a level of brainwashing that Americans cannot comprehend. Yeah. I was just going to say it's it's actually in 2021, it was polled 77% of the Gazans support Hamas, 59% in the West Bank support Hamas. Uh, Only 9% of the water actually comes from Israel. Also the Israeli government gave a generator and a desalinization system to the Gazans and allowed for them to make their own water. Uh, the only reason they're cutting off the electricity and the cell phones and stuff is because it's war. I mean, why should the Israeli government, if they're at war and they've made a declaration of war, provide cell phones uh, signals so terrorists can use it and then allow them right. electricity? And why well, didn't like why didn't that why didn't Hamas when they had the power and when they were having millions filtered in for humanitarian aid? Why didn't they build billions. their own electric infrastructure? Yeah, like, billions. They didn't the exact they didn't build an electric infrastructure because they put those resources into something else. And unfortunately, the something else they put it into is weaponry stored in schools. What do you, do know you, what you do in that situation? You know what the percentage of the German population supported the Nazis during World War II? Thirty four percent. Yeah. Well, so so let there me. Hey, this is seventy seven. Yeah. Can, can I ask you guys a let question? Me, let me let me ask you something real quick because I'm trying this whole new thing where I'm just asking questions, D, instead of making statements. So let me ask you a question. In that video that you sent, I watched it. Um, who did the translation, like with the subtitles? The Muslims. Well, I don't like, know. But D, so but okay, I, so but that's what know. I right. So so then you don't know who did the translation because I, I assume you don't speak modern Israeli I do not. Hebrew. Okay, I so don't. so then. Netanyahu's speaking in Hebrew, and then there's subtitles with an English translation done by we don't know whom. Um, do you think that the video might 
be either deceptively edited or deceptively translated? Is it a possibility? I believe there is a possibility. Okay, very good. So yeah, the the idea that um, we can get you know some kind of definitive gotcha news that no other news outlet is pushing or or showing um, other than a a known propaganda channel. Do you think that that maybe that known propaganda channel would be the most accurate source of information on the conflict? You had me at, did you know how to interpret it? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, you don't I have mean, to walk me down there. Like you, yeah, yeah. That's so, you know, when there's a good argument made, I'm not going to. This is what I love about you. Like you if, if you hear a good argument, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, you don't, you're not going to, you know what I'm saying though? You're like, I'm not going to be late before it. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, well, you're also, there's a lot of people who will just, who know that they're wrong and they'll just stick with it. Yeah. I think that's, you're not that person. So that's great. And so now this is my question, Chris. Okay. Okay. I have heard every reason why, um, what the Palestinians is doing is wrong and Hamas and all of that. What is their argument? Because in order to make a, you know, which we just did, an intellectual decision on who's right and wrong. You have to hear both sides of the argument. I understood that Hitler was wrong because I could see documentaries, which I'm assuming that I don't speak German, but I'm like, this is separate apart from that. But since you now have said this, now I'm thinking like, I don't speak German. So I got to just assume what they said he said was correct. But giving that as fact that what Hitler said in all the documentaries that we watched was correct. I can see why World War II had to happen. At this time, I still like, like, I still don't understand um, how everybody can, outside of America being an ally, separate apart of America being an ally, I don't understand how everybody can just jump to the bandwagon of Israel. I don't know the argument of why Hamas, just all of us, not all of a sudden, but throughout this history, the argument of why they chose to, why they're fighting and okay. why they shouldn't be fighting. Can we talk about that? Sure. I mean, or the depends Quran on how, tells themselves. Well, I mean, it depends on how far back you want to go, right? So in terms of the Palestine, the Palestine mandate and, and all that stuff, basically what you've got in Gaza and in the West Bank is you've got leftover um, the remnants of an invading army from six different nations attempting to wipe out Israel. Um, and so those people settled um, in lands apart from, uh, you know, where the Jews were living. Um, you know, Jewish independence happened in 1948. They had a couple of wars. We had the Six-Day War um, in 67. Um you know, you had the Yom Kippur War, a um, bunch of other stuff. So there is a, throughout the Middle East, there is in all Muslim countries a level of absolute genocidal hatred for all Jews. You go to any Muslim country, you are going to find a faction at least of this type of fundamentalist genocide hatred. And so the Muslim religion has never had a reformation. It's Reformation Day. Um, has never had a reformation. It has never had a 
a recapitulation of, you know, its ideals, it, it is still basically a seventh century barbarian tribal religion that has just grown to become a world religion. Um, and so the, the Quran teaches to, to literally wipe out all of the Jews. The Hadith teaches that the rocks themselves will tell the Muslims that there are Jews hiding behind them, um, you know, to come and slaughter them. And, so, and, and Gentiles and Gentiles, meaning me well, and, and Christians. Yeah. So it doesn't even, it doesn't say yeah. Gentiles, <laughs> exactly. So, so, so the, so the real, the real animus comes from a traditional, you know, religious animus. The, and again, this is just my opinion, but the, the modern stuff, now, what we get in America and why you've got all these universities and all these people that are supporting Hamas, um, you know, like UCLA was literally holding a rally and they were chanting gas the Jews. Um, Cornell University up near Steph, um, they're putting out um, advisories for Jewish students to not leave their dorm rooms. Um, you know, they're, they're all of these things. And the reason for that is that there is something called... Um, liberation theology. Okay. And liberation theology was the melding with Gustavo Gutierrez of communism and Catholicism. Um, this then melded into what we now know as the oppressor oppressed matrix. And so in left-wing circles in America, you have this idea of privilege and oppression. Um, and so you've got the privileged few that oppress others in order to further their group. And so in America, the support for Hamas and the hatred of Israel, I think, is in twofold. I think one is a spiritual hatred because inexplicably, my wife and I keep talking about this, like, we just don't get it. Why do people hate Jews so much? And the only answer we can come up with is that it's supernatural. Um People that don't know anything about Jews hate Jews. And we're like, what is that about? You don't even know any Jews. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. Anyway, the second prong of that in the left wing here in America is this oppressor oppressed narrative. And so the idea being that because Israel is more powerful militarily and economically, because they are in a free nation, um, than the narrative becomes they must be the oppressor living on the ancestral lands of the quote-unquote Palestinians, even though, so for instance, Yasser Arafat, who ran the PLO for a few decades, was Egyptian. He was literally born in Egypt and took on the identity. He identified as a Palestinian and ran the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Um, you know, all of these other, these things get back down to, we have the oppressor oppressed narrative. Um, Israel is the oppressor. Therefore, anything they do is evil. And then, you know, there is the decolonization movement. If you've heard of this, the decolonization movement is literally to take people off of the land that they have quote unquote colonized. And when the slaughter of 1,400 or 1,500 people occurred in Israel, there were American college professors 
and inexplicably the BLM Chicago posting on Twitter, what did you think that decolonization looked like? And the answer is it looks like genocide. And so there is a move amongst uh, certain factions of the left. I'm not going to include the whole left because um, like Bill Maher is from the left and he's appalled by this. Um, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of, of leftist folks that are waking up and realizing like this whole woke movement that they've been huge fans of is suddenly turning on them. Um, you know, and so, yeah, there's, there's the, that is where the American movement comes from. Now, in terms of what is the argument for Hamas, the argument for Hamas is none because what Palestinians will actually tell you, and I know a couple of actual people that were born in like Bethlehem on the West Bank and stuff like that. Um, they will tell you the best thing that could ever happen is for Israel to invade, to wipe out Hamas and truly free the people of Gaza. That is what they are hoping and dreaming of for their people, because the people, the Arabs who live in Israel have all sorts of rights and they can have jobs and they live in a really nice democracy. Whereas the people who live in the West Bank are basically run by a mafia organization of organized crime. And it's terrible. And so, hey, oh, sorry. yeah. So anyway, to, just to finish up, Dee, and you can respond to this. Like that is, that is the, that's the long and the short of what's going on is that the best thing for the Palestinian people is for Hamas to be utterly and completely wiped out. And I'm talking like every member of Hamas killed, like not jailed, killed. Hey, mate, it'd be okay if my friend Mick Zed comes up. Uh, he's a Jewish guy, an attorney. And, Wait, um, yeah, we hey, know I, have, uh, I have two questions. Uh, two yeah, questions. One, yeah, one second. The um, technical point. Uh, yeah, I, I know and like McZed. Um, I, I'm actually going to have to run soon, so I don't know if uh, you know anyone wants to keep this uh, <laughs> fun discussion going. I'm happy to, but um, uh, if not, we'll be ending soon. Uh, but if so, then then yes, I'd love to hand this over, and, and if someone wants to McZed to come up, I'd be happy. Uh, yeah. But I just want to make sure D gets in real fast. Um, so okay, cool. you guys think about that, and let me know in a minute, uh, Steph or Chris. Or love anyone, you, D, go ahead. Uh, D, go ahead. You had two questions for Chris or something? All right. I remember, I remember the first question. I might forgot the second one. Okay, so, um, so with the um, the Belford um, declaration or whatever we're calling that, not to be disrespectful to it. Um, so I know I was just kind of looking at, um, and these might be from Palestinian Hamas <laughs> talking points, but quick question. So when they initially um, came over to what we now call Israel and they, you know, provide, they were provided with land due to the fighting and everything like that. Um, the territory has changed since the initial uh, declaration compared to now. So you don't think that there might be some hostility that comes with, you know, the, I don't want to say land grab because that just is a nasty way of saying increasement of territory. So you don't think that there is going to continue to be problems. I've also heard that some mm -hmm. land was go ahead. Well, the question would be, do you know what countries that land was annexed from? 
that was actually part of country. So it wasn't just no man's land. No, no, no. I, um, I'm, that's why I'm asking these questions. I don't. So, so the Gaza Strip um, was owned by Egypt. Um, and the West Bank was owned by, I believe, Jordan. And then the Golan Heights was owned by Syria um, as part of the, the mandate, the British mandate. Now, when Israel won their wars that they did not start, these were wars of aggression by their neighbors. Somebody's brushing their teeth. Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. I'm listening. Oh, this... <laughs> um, so when the wars occurred, in, you know, the, the 48 War of Independence, um, the 67 War and the 73 War, like all of these lands from other countries were annexed as buffer zones because the 48 borders or the 67 borders are considered, quote unquote, the suicide borders um, that, that were literally put there to um, make sure that the the state of Israel would not be there long, um, in my opinion. I think that's what the I think that's what the the borders were set for. And so when we talk about this, you know, these lands that were annexed by Israel, first of all, they were traditionally always part of Israel. Um, and second, I mean, like Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is not Jordan. <laughs> it's literally in Israel. Um, you know, so things like that. So this idea that, um, you know, that, that Israel illegally expanded its borders is simply not true. Israel was simply restoring the borders that they had traditionally had for thousands of years. And one point on that. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I'm, I'm going to mess some stuff up. Maybe Zeg can correct me. Um, but I mean, if you look at like the biblical markers for Israel, like you have Israel, you have like what Judea is like the, the Levant, like the, the biblical, I, I saw a map of it once. It was like the biblical borders for Israel where they've occupied forever are, are massive. Like, I think it includes like, doesn't include like most of Syria, like all the way to Iran, like all of Jordan. Like, I, I mean, I may be messing up some of that, but basically like, no, those are Israel, the promised like, lands of Genesis 15. But, they never owned all that stuff, but that's the or, promise. No, wait, wait, hang, hang on. Whenever we say owned, I mean like, you know, occupied, wandered. I don't mean like, you know, from 1948. I mean like for thousands of years ago, like they, this is like their land. They like wandered around. It's like their area. Um, anyways, it, it's like massive. Okay, that's all. Uh, Chris, uh, Steph, do you guys want to keep modding? I, I'm going to have to run in just a minute. Well, I would love to hear from McZed, but I don't know if Dee was finished. She had a second question. Uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, Dee. Then... Here you go, Chris. I can't. Um, I'm going to move to the audience so I can listen. It may, it may pop up, but I just it's just best to just have the conversation with our people. You know, um, I think what we're doing is good to educate everyone on you know the stance and just I I still feel like we don't have, and I think you did. A good job, Chris. But I still think we don't have the like uh, just the every like I have a client who's a who's Palestinian and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't. Um, he's a Palestinian. He's American now, um, and he doesn't uh, want Israel to be over there. So just hearing, and I haven't talked to him thoroughly because when you're at work, you really can't have those conversations. But just hearing both sides um, that are coming from their perspective kind of allows for me to be able to like understand the the full picture. So 
Um, I'm listening in. I think Mazeb has something to say. Hey, Mazeb, what's up? Good morning. Morning. Um, yeah, in terms of the geography of the state, there is kind of a natural geography to it. Um, the Dead Sea on the right um, and the stream that goes all the way north and south, that makes a kind of a natural eastern border. I should highlight that in the biblical era when Joshua conquered it, actually Moses conquered on the eastern side. So part of Jordan was conquered. That was before Moses died. That was um, Og and Sichon Melech Abashan, I think. Um, and that part was conquered and settled by different tribes. That was on the eastern side. And they were designed as a garrison, right? They, it's discussed in the Bible. They say, oh, we'll be a vanguard. Because even then, vanguard, it's understandable that the river is the actual natural border. Right. That's the, the thing. And they just because if you just leave your borders at literally the river, then obviously someone can approach the river from the other side. And that has other kinds of issues. Um, so that was the vanguard on the right side. But the natural geography of Israel is primarily the river on the right and the sea on the left, capturing a kind of a ancient highway. Uh, if you want to look at like... Um, <laughs> Well, who is that uh, guy from New York? Um, something Moses. The comedian. No, oh. no, no, no. The guy that uh, destroyed um, communities in building bridges. Okay. Either way. Um, and he was a Jewish guy. He got a lot of power in New York and he kind of controlled a lot based on his control of the tolls in the bridges and tunnels that he created. Um, and then he, you know, made more. Uh, he, he loved public works projects. But this ancient Israel is very much like an ancient highway, right? That's why there were 10 nations camped out there when the Jews, uh, at different eras when the Jews were there, right? Abraham comes in the early rough and tumble days and gets deals with the Philistines who are in the Gaza area and gets like permissions from all the tribes, saves Sodom in the war, whatever. Later, when the Jews are coming back with the whole story, this is a highway, roughly, that's why there are 10 nations. They're all settling around here and there's no singular uh, identity. And it was the Jewish thing that took together maybe 12 disparate tribes. Maybe they were Canaanites. Maybe they were all slaves from Egypt. Maybe they were brothers that embraced each other after years of separation. You know, fanfic however you want. They created this state and then it was a successful project, right? It was somewhat modest in its goals. It seemed like it was limited there, had kings, and then it had like internal civil war and as a result, it was kind of peaceful to its neighbors for a bit, right? It was mostly uh, dealing with its internal struggles because they were always debating how it should function, and yet they didn't wage war, which was perhaps another kind of uh, civil innovation. But when the, the whole thing got destroyed and gets translated and prophecies are made, perhaps fulfilled, followed by everyone in the world, that now we know about this old ancient highway, Well, McZay, the real question is, is there like a genocide against the Palestinians or are they just trying to steal the land or, or what's really going on? Well, I mean, the Palestinians um, were there when uh, the Jewish uh, movement for recolonization uh, or I don't know, decolonization, the, the move to return. Um, when that really picked up, there was a contingent that was against it. The, the, the locals, they were like, no, stay away. And in order to address the concerns of the people that said no, stay away, and the Jews that were already, you know, having land and building organizations and communities and 
were farming, like to address those different interests that were present at the time, you know, they punted it to one guy or the other. They said, all right, the Jews have their section and you have your section, leave it there. And, you know, the uh, Palestinians or the locals said no. The uh, Israelis and the Jews from around the world said, yeah, we love it, 100%. Um, in the no, the Jews said yes. The Arabs said no. The Jews declared independence, said, well, you know, the plan is on the table. The United Nations said it. Uh, British government said it. We're all kind of here. Yup, we are independent. The war begins. So that leads me to my question, and probably Chris will be probably answer this because um, it's more like a Christianity question. And that is, Chris, do you believe? And when I say do you believe, like, is it the Christian narrative that the arm of the Lord is what ushered this um, this conflict into existence? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you're going to get different answers on that. Um, you know, I believe that God is sovereign over all. I think that people's free will choices um, and certainly people choosing to do evil are not, uh, they are ordained by God, but they are not caused by God. And I know that sounds like it's splitting hairs, but there's something called primary and secondary causes. Um, the secondary cause of the great evil that is going on with Hamas murdering babies and what have you. Um, all of that is uh, the free will of the terrorists. Um, but ultimately, everything is under a sovereign God's control. I definitely do get that. Cool. But I guess my question was more so... Uh, you you kind of answered it. I'm not saying that you're are not. You, are you asking it. like um, like prophecy or something? <laughs> yes, or something? Like, like in okay, prophecy. Okay. Is right, this so it's a promised land? Yeah. So you know how um, you know how they say that uh, the arm of the Lord is going to bring the people back to the lands and everything like that, and there will be peace. Are you? Do you think that um, the American and the British government was the symbolic arm of the Lord, or do you think that hasn't happened or that prophecy hasn't happened yet? I think so, trying to ask is, is Israel play a part in the New Testament, uh, the book of Revelation? Sure, no, not I, necessarily. Well, she's asking if these events are part of that that we should be watching for. Is that what you're asking, Dee? Yes. Okay. So I would say no. I would say that there is war, wars and rumors of wars, Matthew 24, right? So, um, I think that this situation is no different than any other situation, you know, all. So what happens throughout Jewish history is Christians get wild eyed and start saying that this prophecy and that prophecy is getting fulfilled. They did it in 1948. They did it in 1967. They did it in 1973. And eventually Christians are going to figure out that not everything that happens in the state of Israel is going to have something to do with Bible prophecy. Um, I think that once we get that through our heads, that the state of Israel is the state of Israel and that it really has nothing to do with Christian prophecy at this point. Um, you know, a good reading. So there, there's a bunch of different eschatologies. My reading of eschatology is the next prophetic event that will occur 
is that the church is taken out of the world and the seven year tribulation begins. And then that is a countdown of seven years to the end, to the literal end of the world. And so I was just about to ask if you, if you shared my yeah. view that, yeah, like all prophecy needing to be fulfilled has been, except the yes. only thing we're waiting for now is the rapture. So people can yeah. talk about wars and bullets and terrorism. Like none of that matters. Like nothing else needs to happen. Everything that needs to happen for the next big thing has been done. So, you know, it's like, let's, let's deal with this on a completely, um, you know, non-prophetic um, viewpoint, because as far as prophecy goes, yeah, I, I guess Chris and I agree with each other, <laughs> which, you know, yeah. totally makes it true. But I really think it is. Um, <laughs> the, the, next, the next thing is a bunch of us are going to be gone. They're going to say it's like, you know, space aliens or something like that. And most of the people are going to believe. And there's going to be a few that's like, oh, crap, I know what happened. Um, Which was why in the beginning of me initiating, I was like, hey, gentlemen, I was like, guys, uh, if, if for a second, as insane as this could be, if we could just, you know, take take religion out of it entirely and just focus on that one part of it. And then I had no idea that it erupted this whole discussion. But I'm really, really grateful that um, especially Chris explained it far better than I could, even if it totally understand in my head, it never could come out any bit uh, as uh, diplomatic as, as how you, you said that. I really wish you could have said that in the room the other day. Anyway, thanks. You know, the last thing I'll say before I get to run is I'm, I'm just watching on TV. Um, people are still thinking like the ceasefire. Man, that is such trash. I, I don't even know if that's, I don't even think this is a Christian point. This is just like something visceral within my soul. If someone comes and like beats the crap out of you or let's say murders 1,500 people and rapes and tortures, then runs away and says, no, 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 ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. Screw that. <laughs> okay. So, McZed, do you think there's going to be a ceasefire? No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that uh, the Israeli military is focusing on um, dismantling the Hamas infrastructure. Um, you know, from like a political science point of view, like, we want to allow the Palestinians to choose their own political action and will. That's like what we try to do nowadays. We let people work and decide how they want to act. I think it's patronizing to treat them any like any less of a 